Hello and hola and welcome back to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. I am a little bit afonica, as they say in Spanish, like losing my voice. I'm going to soldier through because our guest this month, he has become a friend over the years. He is author and music journalist Tony Castarnado. Born in Santa Coloma, Tony has become known not only for his insightful interviews in general, but specifically for shining a light on notable female artists. And this is years before it became trendy to talk about gender equality in the music industry. His books Mujer y Musica and the follow-up Mujeres y Musica were initially inspired by a conversation with none other than the godmother of punk, Patti Smith, during an interview. This started his investigation into music by female artists throughout modern history, which, in his own words, essentially changed his life. Speaking of music history, the 20th edition of the Barcelona In-Edit Film Festival just took place this past month, which always makes me think of Tony because he also published a book about this groundbreaking music documentary festival called In-Edit Made in Barcelona. His other publications include Extravagantes, a book about peculiar people from pop culture history. Try saying that three times fast. And Ellas Cantan, Ellas Hablan, a compilation of 101 interviews with female artists spanning the length of his career, ranging from legends such as Mavis Staples to relatively unknown baby bands who were just starting out. Tony has also contributed to the book Political World, an examination of 123 songs that deal with government changes, war, change in collective mentality, ranging in style from blues to soul to rock to beyond. He has written interviews and articles for all kinds of publications, music and otherwise. He also contributes to radio program Sofa Sonora in La Cadena C. He's one of those people that when you talk to him, he always has like 20 projects going on at once. And in spite of that, you always see him with a smile on his face. More than anything, he is a passionate lover of art, music, and culture. Please welcome Tony Castarnado to the Metropolitan Culture Corner. It's important that when you write about music, when you interview a musician, every concert that I go, that after that I must write a review, I always say that every record, every concert, every interview is always a different experience. It's important to write in a different time. It's important always the personal feeling that you have about something. For example, with a record, when you have a record, sometimes when you hear for the first time, you have a feeling, a perspective about this record. And sometimes you need to hear four, five or six times more. And sometimes at the first hearing, you see clear what happens with this record and what you think about it. But not always, all the people can have the same opinion about something. For example, last month, I have read a review about an album, The Comet Is Coming. This is a jazz band. In England, there's a beautiful scene in London of jazz musicians. I have read a review, it wasn't positive. And for example, I talk crazy about this album. It's difficult sometimes to have the same opinion of others, but it's important to have all the information and a wide perspective to write about. Hola, Tori. Hello. First of all, welcome to the Metropolitan Culture Corner, Tony. And thank you for taking the time to speak with us in English. How did you begin your career in the world of journalism and then get into rock journalism and then eventually start writing books? Was it always your dream to write? Curiously, a local radio station was my first experience communicating because the most important thing for me is to communicate writing or speaking or writing books. I was in that local radio station for three or four years 
yes, I've enjoyed because I had the sensation that nobody heard my program. I was alone in the studio with my headphones and speaking about songs, bands, stories. And after that, I had the opportunity to begin writing in Mondo Sonoro. I have known Joan Luna and he says to me, you like to write? And I said, I always like to write, no? And then I have the opportunity of beginning Mondo Sonoro. I remember the first time that I go to the Mondo Sonoro office, Joan Luna interviewed me and he asked me, I have an important question for you. How many records do you have at home? And I say, 5,000. I was 22 and he says, oh, you have heard many records. Sure that you have enough culture to write about music. It was my beginning. And after that, in Route 66, in Rock Zone, it was an amazing experience for me to work with Jordi Meya and Richard Royuela and many of the staff of this magazine. After that, in Bill's Topic 2, writing about NBA, it was amazing for me to write every week about sports. And then after that, I have the possibility to begin writing books. I have that idea of doing that Mujeri Musica and after that I begin my career as a writer and discovering music and stories to people but I always say that the most important thing before being journalist I was music lover this is the most important thing without being music lover I can be a journalist writing about music and I like to write too about cinema reviews of films that I like I think that it's important to write about different things not only about music because you can have a wide perspective about culture and I wanted to write about different things not only culture you just wanted to write about things that you love but it's important to have all the elements all the information and a wide perspective to write about for example when you go to a concert it's difficult because sometimes you are tired sometimes you have someone beside that is speaking all the time and you can enjoy the concert in good conditions sometimes you are not in the right place to enjoy the show and there's always many different elements then my perspective is different from your view about a concert you've written reviews of many 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 concerts the black crows soleil morente benjamin clementine pearl jam all kinds of different kinds of music. You've also written about albums by artists of all styles from Billie Holiday to Marianne Faithful. So what makes a good concert and what makes a good album or a great album to you? A good concert it makes one. The attitude of the musician is always a good thing that the musician have a good attitude. Sometimes you are more or less inspired to do it, but it's important the attitude. And after that, I think that it's important the atmosphere that creates the audience, the people that goes to the concert. If there's a good attitude of these artists, obviously these artists have good songs. And if the people want to enjoy this concert and create a good atmosphere, then it's possible that it would be a, a good concert. On the stage, you are the musician and I'm the public. Sometimes I'm on the other side when I do talks and then I can see the people that are hearing my talks, no? And sometimes you see the faces of the people and sometimes, oh, these people are enjoying or are not enjoying, you know, that you look to the people, to the eyes of the people, are they smiling or not, or are concentrated. Sometimes it's difficult, no? And about an album, Mm -hmm. I think that the most important thing for me always is that that album has an intention. I want to explain that. An intention is that the songs of the album that you create are thinking about 
a concrete thing. You are writing an album that goes to a specific people. If you make a rock album, you want to explain a message to the people and you have a good idea about what you want to do with your music. You don't need to experiment always with your music to make a good album, but it's interesting to have a focus. And when I hear an album, sometimes I see this focus and sometimes not. And sometimes for me, it is what makes an album special or not. Like it brings you into its world. Yeah. You've said in more than one interview in the past that one album that really changed your life and your perspective was Tori Amos' album, yeah. Little yeah. Earthquakes. What was it about that album that really brought you into her world in that particular context? And what do you think male journalists, industry professionals, or even audience members maybe are missing sometimes if they haven't let in that female perspective? This album was very special for me. In fact, I remember when I have both this album. I went every week with my mother to do the shopping. And in the 90s, in all that kind of supermarkets, it was a section of records. And my gift for gold with my mother, Mama, I can buy this record. And I both this record. And it was curious because it was an album that was released a year ago. And it was not very expensive, the price of this album. And I see this cover and I feel, wow. What is that? And I wanted to discover it. In fact, in the 90s and in the 80s, we have both many records only for the cover art because we don't have more information sometimes. We don't have internet. And then I remember that I bought this record. I arrived at home with my mom and I put the record and wow, I have her crucified. And I say, what is that? I'm discovering something very special. This voice, this piano, how she plays, the atmosphere that she creates. And it was something that I haven't heard before. I don't know if it was because it was a woman or not. It can happen the same with a man. But when I write my first book, Mujer y Musica, many people ask me, do you think that women have a special feeling to play music different from men? And I always say, yes. And some people are not agree with me, but for me, I like women in music because I'm in love with the voices of these women. When I fell, <laughs> fell in love with women in music was because I love these voices. It was as a rediscover. Then after that, after discovering this record, I wanted to investigate from where it comes the sound. After that, I discovered Tapestry of Carol King. In the 90s, what a small revolution, no? With PG Harvey, with Bjork, with the radio girl scene in LA. And we come from the 80s that it was more difficult to find women, no? It was Pretenders, Blondie, Madonna. But I think that in the 90s, it happened something different. Many people that want to express what happens in the world, what happens in music industry, no? It was brave women. It was marvelous for me to discover this album. It opens for me a window for a new world because my beginnings in music was hard rock, heavy metal, and grunge music, alternative music. And in heavy metal, it was difficult to find many women in music. For example, Vixen was one of the bands, Lita Ford from the Runaways, but it wasn't many opportunities. And for me, it was like begin to discover, discover, discover. After that, after interviewing many of these women, I have discovered that women have many things to explain about what happens in music industry, why it was more difficult for women than for men to be in music industry. And then I have many questions in my head, not only about music. And then I began to investigate and I'm proud as a journalist no, about that. <laughs> 
now it's very fashionable I talk about feminism in music and women in music since I've known you anyway you've always put an emphasis on female artists it's like the people finally caught up to what you've been saying this whole time because you've interviewed all kinds of artists from these legends to brand new bands so whether we're talking about women or male artists are there certain themes that stand out that are universal to almost all of the artists you speak to it's curious because when I begin an interview I always say that it's very important the first five minutes when you begin the interview to connect with the people that are on the other side and after five minutes you see if it would be a good interview or not there's chemistry about the artists and the journalists no i always like to ask people where are you right now and you say i'm in barcelona I like to ask some things about the place that you are. For example, I remember I have interviewed Melody Gardot, incredible jazz singer. She's an American artist that lives in Paris. And in the moment that we did the interview, she was in Sweden. Wow, what are you doing in Sweden? And we're for 10 minutes only about her experience in Sweden. It's now in the middle of a forest. He was in a taxi looking for a place to buy a coffee. Not, not only about music, only about music. For me, it's always amazing. And then in the last two or three years, I always like to ask about how the people live that pandemic times, that COVID situation, no? And I see many different situations. People that say, oh, amazing, because I've never had free time and I have free time to do other things different from music. Or people that say, oh, I was all the day at home and I wanted to do some gigs and I don't have the possibility, I don't have any inspiration. It was a universal thing that I like to ask. I always like to see how you feel in that moment. One of the best things of that pandemic time is that now most of the interviews are by Zoom and it's marvelous to see your face, to see where are you right now, to see if you are bored about what I'm asking or you are enjoying this interview or conversation. Every interview is a different experience. Sometimes there's interviews that with 10 minutes you have enough and sometimes you need it two hours. <laughs> When you're speaking to someone who is not the Spanish-speaking artist because you've interviewed all kinds of people, do you feel a responsibility when you're interpreting their words in the interview or in their work? When you communicate what they say to the public? I think that the most important thing is that you must be conscious that you are communicating. Sometimes it's not important the language that you speak. Sometimes only with your eyes, with how you move your hands, you can communicate more than with words. And we have a responsibility, obvious, because my information comes to people. It's important that I'm communicating something interesting about this person, something that open, as I said before with Tori Amos, no? that open that window to discover what are you doing and thinking. And in this way, I think that we have a responsibility. Speaking of all your interviews, is there like a favorite interview, the best interview ever that you ever did that you will never forget in your entire life? Uh, my favorite interview is difficult, but I think that the best interview that I've done, it was my first Paris Meet interview. I have the opportunity of interviewing her in San Felipe de Guisols. She plays a concert in Porta Ferrada, and I have the opportunity of having a meeting with her in a hotel and have one hour to speak about many different things. It was a wonderful experience to be with this legend, to talk with that has interest in many different things, photography, about society too and oh. Oh, it was 
very beautiful. But the most incredible interview ever, it was with Marianne Faithful. I have two times the opportunity of interviewing her and it was by phone. I remember that Mondo Sonoro's office, you must put the phone number, pa, 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 and then the person says, one moment, Marianne Faithful is almost ready to do the interview. I was very nervous in that moment. I write all the questions by pen, no? <laughs> And then she appears, Maria and Faithful, and I heard that voice that say, Hello, I'm Maria and Faithful. Am I cold? So sorry, I'm cold, but no problem. I want to do the interview. What do you need? Oh, it was. And we were for half an hour speaking. But this moment of hearing this voice and discovering a woman that has lived 20 lives in one life, a little bit as a cat that has many different lives and she's always surprised. Surviving. I remember that when I hung the phone, I was for three months only buying Marian Faithful records, discovering, reading. I have read her autobiography, this incredible that book, and it was a great experience. It sounds like you love your job. Is that your favorite part about your job, getting to get to know these people, these artists? I really like to talk with musicians, to speak about music, to be involved in music industry, but I've never been a friend of musicians because I always think that in your case is different. Hey, <laughs> I was gonna say, come on now. But it's difficult for me because I always think that the artist or the musician go in that direction and I'm in other different direction. Sometimes it's difficult not to find the same. It's curious because for three days has died uh, Mimi Parker of Low, mm -hmm. the drummer and the voice of Low. And this is a band that I really, really love. I feel something with the sounds of this band that I don't feel with any other band. And I remember in the Primavera Sound of 2019, just before pandemic times, I've seen a show of Low. I was with Mireya, my girlfriend, and a friend of mine. And this show was incredible. Normally in the festival, the people are all the time speaking. And when you see this band, the band creates an atmosphere that all the people is in silence. And it was Wow, incredible. And there's a song of this band that I love, that the name is especially me. A song that for a long time I've heard every time that I say goodbye to my daughter, Lassa, that lives in France. And I'm crazy about this song. And then I remember that after the show of Low, we see two or three concerts more in this day in the festival. And then when I go to my car, I see Alan Sparhawk and Mimi Parker talking. And I wanted to say to Mimi or to Alan, thank you for this concert. It was very special for me but sometimes I'm a little bit shy. I think you also respect the artists and you understand that they're working. And I didn't know if I wanted to say something or not. And Joan Luna says, share it because sure that he or she are grateful about it, about your words. And then I go to Mimi because Alan was speaking with other person. And I say, hello, Mimi. I only want to say thank you for this show. And I have an incredible emotion when you played especially me. And she says me, Tony, think that this song was especially for you. Oh. It's beautiful that, and I have write in an article in Ruta 66 about my favorite record in the decade of 2010, and then I tried Common of Law and explained the story. It was half a minute of conversation, no, but the intimate moment to say thank you about what you have done in the stage for two hours. I have an incredible emotion in, in my arms, in my hands, in my, in my brain, and I think that the most important thing to this job is to be in touch with people 
and that I learned about that people. And I had the opportunity too to discover new music, new scenes, and it was one of the most wonderful things to discover, to learn, to have words with people. And for me, it's the amazing thing to be journalist, to do that. As a musician, the relationship with the audience is really important and with the journalists who take the time to learn about your work, even if you don't become friends with these people, it's still a relationship. You're still giving something important and they're still getting something important that they give back to you. So I think it's very beautiful. Yeah. That connection with people, people that you find in different concerts, that connection is something very, very beautiful. Well, especially these days, so much interaction is across a screen, you know, the personal interaction is really important. And I wanted to ask you about that, about the talks that you've been presenting in the local libraries all over the city. Lately, it's been this series that's called Music for Your Eyes, which is debates about all kinds of things, heavy metal, Tina Turner, all kinds of stuff. But this is not the first time that you've done this kind of circuit of talks. You presented your book, Ellas Cantan, Ellas Hablan, in a series of presentations too. So what makes local libraries a good environment to present these talks and to present your books. Why are these smaller venues important to you? I think that the people that go to my talks in a library go expecting something, especially expecting to learn, to learn about the stories that I explain. When I go to do a talk, my main purpose is to explain stories and the people can learn about new things and to create the same as I say before with the concert, create an atmosphere that the people can have an opinion, that we can have that interaction about what I explain. For example, in the last three weeks, I have done Musica para Steus Souls talking about the documentaries in Inedit, no? And sometimes you have one hour to speak about how was the recording, for example, of Twitter of Michael Jackson. You can find many different connections with the world of cinema, with society, with human being, and I love to have that connection. And there's always different audience. Sometimes there's old people, sometimes there's young people, sometimes different generations. Sometimes there's people that like punk music, but sometimes there's lover of jazz music. And that interaction for me is the most wonderful thing. Well, thank you, Tony, for being a part of our last interview of 2022. Can you believe it? The problem, I guess it's a good problem to have, is that I could have talked to Tony for four hours, just about Patti Smith alone. But this always happens with our interview subjects. They're such interesting, creative people, and they've lived so much. They've met so many people. They've seen so many things that the 20 minutes, the half an hour that you end up watching on the Metropolitan Culture Corner does not even begin to touch the tip of the iceberg of these people's experiences. So I highly recommend that you look for Tony's books and that you also take the time to research the rest of our guests on the Metropolitan Culture Corner, investigate what they've done, see what they've got coming up. These people are truly what make Barcelona such an incredible, interesting, creative city. It's one of the reasons why I enjoy living here so much. So I just wanted to say a very sincere thanks to all of them and also to all of you for taking the time to follow our adventures month after month here on the Metropolitan Culture Corner, on Metropolitan's YouTube channel, on the website, and of course, as a podcast on SoundCloud. Take care of yourselves, happy holidays, and see you next year.